Hey there, welcome to the show. Wow, I can't believe how fast this month has gone. And you know what? Uh, what an incredible month it's been. I do want to thank everybody that joined us for our first ever seminar webinar uh, last week. You know what? What an incredible time it was. You know, it's so amazing to see people in person. I, I haven't done a seminar, a live seminar for the last almost three years. And, you know, we went to the webinar due to the pandemic, but I got to tell you, it's so nice to see people. And thanks for everybody that did tune into the webinar. By the way, I got your message. Don't worry. I will repeat people's questions. I know some of you were saying, so what did they ask? And then I just give an answer. So don't worry. We'll work through that for sure for our next one. But I do want to thank everybody for joining us. What a great evening. Uh, had some great guests here as well. And you know what? Put the uh, studio to its first real test. And you know what? We pulled it off. So, you know, staff here were fabulous. And guests, you know, what a great night. So, by the way, if you did miss it, you can go to our website, thesimpleinvestor.com. And you know what? You can click on the link and take a look what you missed and lots of stuff going on here. But, you know, as you know, at the end of every single month, I have a special meeting of the minds. I call it the real estate talk triangle. And it's funny because the table that I'm sitting with, with my two panelists is a triangle. That's right. Uh, I've got Tim Sirianos, broker owner of Remax Ultimate, former president of the Toronto Real Estate Board, also a former director at the Canadian Real Estate Association. And you know, Dave, Butler. He's always here having some input on mortgages. Dave Butler from BM Select. Guys, welcome to the end of the month. Always great to be here and excited as well to talk about what has been going on. <laughs> uh, Dave, you know what? We just sit there with bated breath, right? Just let, <laughs> let's watch the churn and burn of the headlines. Yeah, there's a lot to talk about. That's for sure. So, so um, you know what, let's, let's kind of rip off the Band-Aid. We'll talk about interest rates, you know, front and center this week. Of course, the Bank of Canada just trying to keep tightening it up, tightening up the screws. Dave, I'll start with you. Half a point, you know, some people were banking on three quarters. Tell us what the market's feeling, why the decision was made. Um, well, it's, it's interesting. I mean, uh, it sounds like they're trying to take a little bit of steam out of these hikes. Uh, but more importantly, you know, the reaction to the news is really what, what I've been looking at. And uh, the bond yields. The bond yields is where you want to look. And it would appear to me that the 0.5 was unexpected. And the reaction to the bond yields is, is, is showing that. You're seeing a, a big reduction to the bond yields, which a lot of people, if the public doesn't know, that's tied to the fixed rates. Um, so we we are seeing something at least positive in the sense that the bond yields were tracking quite downward for the rest of the week. And um, the good news is hopefully we're rounding about on these increase. I mean, we saw it first a quarter and a half, then a 0.75, then a 1% then a 0.75, now we're back to 0.5. You know, let's see what happens over December and January. I think that's those two, I keep telling everyone, December, January are gonna be the most telling months for the Bank of Canada, in my opinion. Yeah, so if we take a look at that, and and, and I'm glad that, you know, you kind of inferred that maybe we're on a bit of a downward trend on the increases. So, you know, maybe we can, you know, you know relive some good old times. You know, we go down to a quarter point, then we go down to zero, then we go negative quarter. I mean, you know, here's wishful thinking that we <laughs> start hearing a little bit of a decrease. You know, Dave, what is the, what is the likelihood that we're going to see anything prior to Christmas? I mean, you know, I'm going to get Tim to weigh in on this because, of course, you know, we, we know the consumers 
you know, we do like to spend at Christmas. We do take on debt at Christmas. You know, is it is it in the bank of Canada's best interest to jam us one more time? Well, look, I think I'm even on the radio. I'm even on your show saying a couple months ago that I thought the smart move would be to let us have a break in December and January. Um, but with this 0.5 move and with it being unexpected, um, I don't know. I mean, I think Tim and I are pretty similar on our thoughts on it just as to when it might happen. But I, I still think there's another 0.5 coming up over the next couple meetings, um, how they do it, you know, whether it's a 0.25 in December or 0.25 in January, but I still think there's 0.5 that they want to get. I, th I think they want to get the overnight rate to 4% or above. Um, and they're at 3.75% today. So we'll see what happens, but certainly I think we've got a little bit more pain to come, but you know, the consensus. And if you talk to some smart people, you know, the reality is, is that, you know, when they hit their target, and inflation looks like it may be rounding out. Um, you know, there's that big talk of the P word, the pivot, right? And and when will that pivot happen? And that's really the big question. Is it going to happen in the middle of the year, the end of the year? I think more likely, you know, if there's going to be any downside on rates, uh, we're probably talking near the end of next year. So in the next corner, I've got Tim Sirianos, <laughs> and he's been waiting with bated breath to jump in there. Tim, you know, you and I have been always very, you know, uh, you know, communicative about interest rates and what it does to the real estate market. But what's your take on it? You know, point five. Does that is does that give real estate, you know, buyers sellers out there just a little bit of hope that maybe you know they've taken some of the froth out of the interest increase? I don't believe so. I don't think that um, this interest rate increase has really changed uh, or created any positivity in the marketplace for the consumer at all. I think quite the opposite. I think they're just trying to uh, get some you know, clear, good footing on where they're going to be themselves. Uh, this is no longer a conversation about uh, talking about the macro of the market. Now we've got to talk today about the micro markets that exist in the GTA. There's no question that sales are down. It's reported every single day and sometimes five times a day sure. that it's, you know, 20%, 40%, 42%, you know, it depends who you're talking to. Um, at the end of the day, this is a reflection that rates are tied into affordability, into the pricing of real estate and people are, um, you know, want to know where they're going to be going forward. What's really happening right now though, with these rates is that people are still shopping. They're just shopping. We're not seeing the offers, but they're out there shopping. They're still in the in the marketplace. They are, you know, looking at homes. We're just not seeing the type of inventory that's needed, or and we're not seeing the type of um, uh, confidence right now. So that's going to take at least, uh, I think, more than one or two months uh, before that confidence comes back. Uh, because the reality is that uh, we're like salmon in a stream, right? When when things are going one way, we all follow one way, and then we don't pivot fast enough and then we all flow the other way, right? So we are in that in-between stage right now. Well, your analogy would say that we're swimming upstream right now because it's a lot more difficult. We're not coming down with, That's the, right. with the current, right? So, um, and and you know, I would I would agree wholeheartedly with your with your analogy on that. And there are a lot of people, you know, a lot. Of, I'm not going to call them tire kickers because I I do believe though that we still have thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands of buyers that want to own. I believe that there has been this mind shift that everybody really does want to own. It's just right now, everybody's trying to figure out or navigate what's happening. And there are those people that have to move, as we know. You, you, you know, I'm pretty sure you talk to your agents all the time about that. Look at, 
there's still business being done, even though it is crawling in comparison to what we experienced this time last year. But you know, there's still business that has to be done. There right. are people that could be closing, let's say, on a brand new build, for example. Mm -hmm. You know, they booked it a couple of years ago. Finally, the builder, you know, got their their stuff together, and, and now they're ready to close. So now there are those people that have to sell. And you know, I think I think definitely in the real estate realm of things. You know, I still believe that we will see transactions happening, just not at the fever pace. So, I mean, what we have right now is a lot of sellers who don't want to participate, right? We are actually seeing that happening right now. They just do not want to put on the market. And I think that's brilliant, by the way. I, well, I think that no, but that's very important. Well, if they don't want to, if they don't, if they don't, they, they uh, don't have to. They don't have to, yeah, right? There's, 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 there's the magic, and, and that's and that's all about. Um, you know, home ownership and affordability and the baby boomers and everything else, you know, where am I going to go? And the less inventory they have to choose from, the less opportunity, you know, opportunity for them to put their home on the market. Um, and some of them who may be retiring and leaving the, the market altogether are saying, no, I don't want to be part of this, this cyclical time of interest rate. You know, maybe I'll wait six months, a year. I'll, I can afford to do so. And I will do so. So when I talked about the macro and the micro markets, you know, if you look at the macro and you look at the stats from Treb and the media, they talk about sales and inventory being up everywhere. But then if you look at the micro market, you know, you look at Toronto, for example, you have two and a half months supply. And then you look at an outlying area of Toronto, whether it's Pickering or Ajax, or you're looking at Mississauga, Brampton, for example, is one and a half month supply. Right. So it's really important right now to not paint brush the entire market. As you said, transactions are happening. Uh, you know, uh, thank God nobody on the radio can shoot me from where they are. I'm going to tell you right now that uh, we had a transaction just this week. We had uh, over 40 showings and five offers. And that is happening in certain markets. Uh, prices have dropped in certain markets by 30%. In some uh, geographical areas, only by eight. And so, we saw some that actually went up by five. You know, so exactly. It's extremely important that we start talking now in the next, you know, six months at least, right? And I say that, uh, you know, candidly, authentically, transparently, you got to look at the micro markets now. You can't be listening to me or anybody and saying, well, that's a blanket statement. I'm going to go with that statement. Because where you live... It could be completely different. Do you think that has anything to do with possibly, and just when we talk about the micro markets, what's interesting to me is when you point out where they are, do you think that's possibly, possibly investors potentially seeing rounding out of the rates and wanting to front run potentially? Like, is that something you think? Because if I'm an investor today and I think, hey, everyone's telling me that rates may start to, you know, maybe flatten out and then even pivot. As an investor, do I want to get in when they've pivoted or do I want to get in front run it at the beginning? I mean, I'm curious what your thoughts are. On that. Our biggest, our biggest uh, clientele right now is end user. Got it's it. not investor. We're seeing that investors are, you know, looking at their portfolio as well. I mean, that's something that, you know, we can discuss on the show here today. Uh, but primarily we're seeing a lot of uh, home sellers who are selling their single family residential property Got it. and that's who they are. Now, could some of these buyers be buying for a loved one, a daughter, a son, you know, family, you know, that are coming to Canada, who knows, right? I mean, we don't have all that, you know, intimate kind of detail all the time, but we try, we ask those questions. I, I'm one person that if you talk to any of our agents in the company, when I get a report every day at five o'clock, I go through and I say, well, wait a minute, that was asking a certain price and it's sold for this price. I look at reports of showings, how many calls are coming in. I really want to know what's going on in every market. Right. So it's really interesting. Yeah. So, um, 
I, I want to carry on that thought because you did bring up something about people coming into Canada. I want to talk about some of the announcements this week. Mm -hmm. Okay, we saw a slew of them. I guess the province has decided to take the muzzle off. They're going to want to talk about a lot of things. So, folks, when we come back, I'm going to have more with Tim Sirianos and Dave Butler. So stay with us. We'll be right back after this. And welcome back. If you're just tuning in, this is Simply Real Estate with me, Todd C. Slater, and my panelists from the Real Estate Talk Triangle. Yep, we meet every single month. We've been doing it now in-house. I guess, guys, this is probably our second or third crack at this. I've got Tim Sirianos in-house with me. He is the broker owner of Remax Ultimate, former president of the Toronto Real Estate Board, and former director at the Canadian Real Estate Association, Dave Butler on the other side, and he is the broker owner of BM Select. Guys, just before the break, we were obviously talking about interest rates, um, what's going on, but interesting week this uh, week in the news, not just the Bank of Canada, you know, pushing out their narrative, uh, trying to, you know, keep everybody on their toes, but big meeting of the province, Tim. I'm going to mm -hmm. go to you first on this because I got to tell you, whole whack of stuff that I want to uncover. I, You know what? I know if we can take some of it, keep it for the spring, we can put it in our garden. Great, great <laughs> stuff's going to grow. So tell me, sorry, I, 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 you know me. I just, I can't resist. This, some of the stuff that comes out of their mouths, I just, I, I need some rationale behind it. Tim, I'll let you dive in. Well, look, uh, I mean, uh, most of it, the attempt is good. I'm not going to say that the attempt is not good. There, there, Wait, that stall in it was not because we turned around <laughs> and they did they did a quick you know blank. Well, <laughs> well, look. I mean, let's 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 look at you know what we're going to you know really not tackle, and that is increasing any form of foreign investment by 25 percent, being the most expensive you know tax rate in Canada. It's not going to do anything. It's been the smallest segment of the Canadian real estate market. It'll continue to be. I stand by that. Uh, Dave asked me before the break about how many people are investors. And I will remind Todd that in our year previous, when we talked about the forecast going forward, um, I said, you know, this year is not the year for the speculator and the investor. Yeah. And it only lasted for two months before it turned around. And those people who went out and possibly thought that real estate was a great thing to own and, and rent out and went variable, we know there's going to be some pain there because they've overextended themselves. And that's the risk of whether you invest in real estate or you invest in stocks, irrelevant. Yeah. But you and I talked about foreign money before, okay? And and to the point where you know uh, Treb you know dove into the accounting uh, you know a couple Absolutely. years ago because because yep. you guys you guys need to drill down because you know all the, this idea of a overheated market was because of all the foreign investment and when we when we drilled it down I think the number was like roughly four percent but the idea of somebody walking up the driveway with a bag of money was the mind <laughs> the mindset everybody had so then you have your domestic buyer your mom and your mom and dad that want to buy a place for their family. And all of a sudden they're like, oh, we better outbid that guy coming up the, the driveway with the Never money. happened. It never happened. I know. But but so why keep putting the pressure on it? Like, what are they missing so, when they say 25%? I mean, come on. This is, we, we not only are we the highest, we, we are the highest by a lot. In fact, I think as a country, you know, we're probably one of the highest tax foreign buyers, uh, you know, for people coming to our marketplace in the world. So that will have no impact, impact on the market whatsoever. Didn't have it before, won't have it going forward, right? But the idea of having everybody deserving a white picket fence, but turning around and saying that we're going to, you know, make every lot have two, three units, for example, in it, does not add three picket fences, right? No. No. If anything, it just 
is, you know, what it's meant to do is, is, is drive more uh, occupancy and, you know, hopefully satisfy some of the rental market. Um, I was going for a walk with my wife walking in an area that is in the central part of Toronto. Average home size is anywhere between 2,800 and 5,000 square feet. My wife stops me and says, that's a beautiful new home, but why is there a door in the dining room? Right? And I said, well, that's interesting. I said, that's not a door to the dining room. That's a door to the upstairs unit. So, you know, for all the people who've been fighting, yes, we want to have additional, you know, units being built, more housing, and let's make it affordable. Um, at the end of the day, it's been squashed by the NIMBYism, not in my backyard. Well, guess what? The one thing the announcement is going to piss off people about is when you start seeing things that they did not want in their backyard. And, but, you know, at the end of the day, that goes back to property rights and it gives the opportunity to have, um, you know, people live you know, and provide more, more housing. So let's, let's talk about that because let's drill it down, Dave. You know, what happened was this week, of course, provincial government comes out with a big announcement. And so we're going to, we're going to take each one on at a time right now. They're saying that they're allowed, they're going to allow people to start talking about the duplex triplex rule, right? And when you have single family residential, you are now going to be able to load up on it. Yep. Um, so that, that was part of Tim's reference there. So, you know, and, and again, you got a whole whack of people that are sitting there saying, I don't want this in my backyard, but we need more rental stock. And this is, I mean, right now for, for argument's sake, this is all about rental stock when we talk about this design. And right now the government's now sitting there saying, yeah, we're just going to get rid of the red tape and here you go. So like, to, to me, they're, they're still not thinking far enough ahead. Well, and you know what was crazy? Yesterday, I was that the amount of emails. So normally I'll get a certain amount of emails from a rate hike or a rate drop, and, and that's pretty normal. Yesterday was actually quite insane, the amount of emails I got from, and you guys predominantly, I work with investors, you guys know this. So the amount of emails I got from investors that are basically sitting on the sidelines with properties going, holy smokes, I can now do something that I wasn't planning. Not that I wasn't planning on doing, but they weren't planning on doing because they couldn't do it. Right now, you know, you, and you've seen, we've all seen over the last at least five years, the amount of people buying, especially investors buying homes, doing up the basement now, and, and it made sense with rents and everything else and affordability, but I, I, I've never seen a reaction to that other than interest rate announcements. And it had a lot of investors saying, Hey, I'm going to be in this ball game. How do I pull out money from properties? And that was a lot of the conversations where, Hey, I want to get a home equity line of credit now on this property. I want to start doing this. I want to add this unit, get ready for this. So, you know, it's interesting because we always talk about the supply issue on one hand, it tries to address it, but is it addressing it in the right way? I, I, to Tim's point, how is that, how is it going to be in certain neighborhoods that are traditionally, let's say more upper scale. And now you're gonna have people coming in, turning some of these properties into triplexes and really changing the dynamic of that neighborhood. That's, 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 I think that's something that they've almost given up and said, look, we, we're not going to be able to make any new houses next year. So let's do this. It kind of feels like a cry in a weird way. Yeah. And you know, to, to touch on that, cause Tim did make a good point, you know, he, you know, he's out for a walk with his wife and you see something like this. And again, some people are like, Oh my goodness, that shouldn't be in my backyard. But you know, on top of that, you know, one of the things that I think drilling down on this whole thing is that, okay, so we, we've been complaining about red tape and anybody that's tuned into the show over the years, you know, that, you know, that's one of my biggest complaints. It takes forever, ever to get something to be allowed to be built. But here's my problem, Dave, is the fact that great. So we get the permit, but how about getting the inspections? Cause now we're going to sit there and start jamming in a whole bunch of basement apartments. You know, we're going to have to have proper egress, you know, access, you know, maybe staircase down side entrance, that kind of thing. 
I, I missed the part, and I do say this tongue-in-cheek, I missed the part where the province said, oh, and by the way, we're going to employ, you know, another 10,000 inspectors. So you're going to run with the same staff that are understaffed, can't deliver on time in a timely fashion, and now you're going to jam them with how many building permits? Yeah, I mean, it's, and you go back to the other, the announcement with the foreign buyer tax being increased, it's like, was this... This, this just reeks of political, like, you know, like set up. Well, look, I mean, <laughs> they, there's no way they can employ even, you know, 1,000 people because based on the real estate sales that are happening in 2022 and most likely happening in the first five, six months of 2023, the land transfer tax that they used and bank on is not going to be there to hire any more people. So, I mean. <laughs> I knew you were going to bring that up. The, the coffers are light about 800 million, aren't they, Tim? Well, listen, I mean, I'm not, I, I, I've, I've, you know, been very vocal uh, through my entire career. I believe in this industry. I believe in home ownership. Uh, it's been 32 years for me. It's a passion. Right. And when it comes to uh, some of the announcements that are being made, you know, it was back in 17 when they put the, uh, the stress, test, stress test in place. I thought it was ludicrous. The rates were not as low uh, as they were after. But when you saw where the interest rates went, and I'm sort of go off topic a little bit, but okay. as they went, then you can see, I can see and admit that there is a value in a stress test. Sure. But now you're looking at 2022 to 2023 with these multiple rate increases. And I, now I'm saying to you, I mean, aside from the land transfer tax, which I think is uh, pr the province, uh, if Mary Tori's listening, I think the province should reduce it. You know what I mean? At least and let the municipalities, you know, have some money to be able to provide the services. But it, when it comes to the actual other side of the stress test, now it's time to lift it. I mean, when you have rates this high, you're asking a first time buyer, we're talking about affordability here, to actually, you know, be at a 2% above, what's it, 8% now? Well, and isn't that... Go ahead, Todd. Yeah, well, Dave was about to get an entire rate. So guess what, though? You know, Dave, every once in a while, we got to go to that break, which we're going to do. But I want you to hold that thought, okay? Folks, when we come back, I've got more with Dave Butler and Tim Siriano. So stay with us. We'll be right back after this. And welcome back. If you're just tuning in, I just cut off Dave Butler. He's part of the Real Estate Talk Triangle. So is Tim Sirianos. We do this every single month and, you know, we're just having a lot of fun with it. Just having a good discussion, Dave. Just before the break, of course, I ran out of time. I had to get you to cut cut your thought there. So do you want to continue? Well, yeah, no, I just, I just, I, I completely agree with Tim that they should at least, you know, whether it's get rid of it completely or, or you know, make an edit to it. Adjust um, it. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, the reality is this, if they start, curbing rates in 2023, meaning we we begin to see a flattening and we aren't looking at any increases. Why are you stress testing someone at eight and 9%? Like I, that, that was, and if, and if, and if we can all sit here and say, Hey, for them to not raise the rates to a certain point means that they don't even feel meaning the government doesn't even feel they'll likely get to this spot. Well, why are you then stress testing that? You know what I mean? So I do think, you know, it, it should be addressed, but the sadly, I'll tell you the truth, everything I'm hearing from the people I talk to at all the banks, that is not even on the table. They're not even considering it. They'd almost rather consider bring the amortizations up more than they'd like to get rid of the stress test, which I think is sad. Yeah, and look, the stress test, you know, perhaps it had its validity, as Tim said, you know, it does it does keep an eye on the market. What happened was folks in 2018 in January, they introduced the stress test. In during the during March of 2017, they threw in that foreign buyer tax the wind government just came swinging in a hammer. I just want to make a comment that Tim Sirianos was the president during both of these situations. So Tim, do you think that they were targeting you? <laughs> well, you know, <laughs> I don't think so. I hope so. 
I mean, uh, but I always, you know, it's an ongoing joke. If you want price to come down, just reelect me. Yeah, I know. <laughs> That's why. I, so, you know, <laughs> this is one of those situations. Yeah, speaking of elections, you know, there was an uh, in- interesting one this past week, of course. Municipal elections all came up. You know, lots of mayors, uh, new mayors going in, you know, other mayors uh, uh, reelected, you know, uh, new council people, the whole bit. Um, I'm not going to congratulate anybody because I don't know who to congratulate because we don't know what everybody stands for. I mean, and, and, and the reason why I bring this up that way is because politicians, and, and again, this is, I'm not singling one person out. I have to just kind of paint it with a big brush as I normally do. Um, they make a lot of promises and they do a lot of time consumption promises. Let's talk about the one that came out this week from the provincial government, Tim. This one's a big one. We, uh, we are running an inventory shortage. We've been saying this for years. People can sit there and say, yeah, but there's houses not selling on the market. That's not inventory, people. That is just stock on the shelf that you're worrying about. What we need is inventory, which means a number of properties have to come up. So, of course, the answer from the province is this. We are going to build 1.5 million properties in the next 10 years. <sighs> Everybody goes crazy. Yeah, fans jump up and down. Here's my problem with this is how many are you going to do this year? Tim, this is, this is my pet peeve, and you know this. You and I had a discussion before we came on air here. Um, my struggle is, is that we've never seen 150,000 homes built in a year. Never. Okay, it's just, you know what? We don't, have the, we don't have the ability to do it. We don't have the manpower. We've got too many people retiring. We don't have the trades. We don't have the, anything that can justify it. Can anybody be upfront and tell us the truth and say, this year we'll build, build 50,000. Well, I'll tell you what, when you build 51, you get my vote. Today, listening to that dribble this week, that's all it is. It's empty promises. Show me how we get 150,000 homes built. And it's my turn. So (laughs) the reality is that we've been uh, over 40,000 units a year short as it stands. And we are having a major uh, purpose-built rental, uh, non-construction, like basically people stop building them, right? Totally. So, you know, and then you, when you have this environment with interest rates and the uncertainty of the environment and the costs of... Uh, you know, of employment, you know, to actually have tradespeople doing it. We don't have the tradespeople doing it. We are going to fall behind. I just, you know, sincerely, uh, Todd, Dave, I don't see how 1.5 million uh, units are going to be built in 10 years. Um, I don't even think we're going to be on target for next year or two. We're probably about 1.2% vacancy rate right now. Uh, going into, uh, even when you're looking at, um, Condos, pre pre construction condos. Uh, a lot of, a lot of developers have looked at their you know at their portfolio and thought, okay, we're gonna not launch right now in the fall. We're gonna wait till late, you know, spring twenty twenty three, maybe into the summer. And as we know, a lot of these condos could be becoming rental units, sure. you know, to people. They could be investors, which is completely okay. They're investors from. Uh, Canada from Toronto. So, so at the end of the day, what happens is those aren't being built. So there really isn't. Um, any possibility of that goal being met. Yeah. And Dave, you know, when you hear Tim talk about it, you know, it just, I, I just think that just, you know, unfortunately Tim can get elected because he's a realist and, and, you know, so my votes for Tim, um, <laughs> but, but Dave, you know, one of the, one of the, one of the things I keep looking at is, and, and, and as you know, I'm in the, the construction field. I look at things that realistically and time-wise it's, it's impossible for them to come to, to make these promises. And yet, you know, Again, they're talking about 
building this number, you know, are they, are they trying to elude that? Well, if, if you put a basement apartment in your unit, does that count as one for us? You know, and that, that's, that's the thing. Because, because sure, we can get some basement apartments going, but 150,000 basement apartments isn't realistic either. Well, and, and you're creating, I think, a weird situation. And again, we talked about it in certain neighborhoods. You know, I, I, it's funny. I thought the, I don't want to say the coolest thing, but I thought one of the most interesting things was actually government officials finally admitting that we need this many properties. I mean, that, that wasn't something this was, we were hearing from analysts before and economists and everyone else and bank people. We didn't actually hear of people in the government saying we need this many properties to be able to fulfill this demand. Um, so I think that was an interesting part, but um, to your point and to Tim's point, yeah, I mean, look, look what's going to be built this year and let's look at what's going to be built next year. And you're starting a race already, then running from behind. And we all know that in, in, with how the setup is and the infrastructure that we have here, that catching up, you know, a sprint is going to be very difficult. Well, especially because, you know, there's no way we're going to come out of the gate swinging for 150 units. Okay. So that means that we have to turn around and say, okay, year 10, it's 200. Okay. But year two, it's not going to happen either. And, and as we continue to go on, so by year five, you know, if we're, if we're lucky and here, here's my prediction. Okay. Cause Tim, you and I have a lot of fun with numbers. We throw out our predictions. We do. If we're lucky, if they get all guns a blazing, if they get everybody up and running, I'm going to be shocked to see 50,000 added. Okay. That, that, that would be my number of like, Hey, boy. Okay. Well, that's going to be like a million short, but you know what? I'll, I'll still give whoever in power an attaboy at 50,000 units, but that puts us a million short of target. Well, and how's that going to happen when we have more tradespeople retiring in the next 10 years than we've ever had? So specialty trades as they pertain to housing. So, I mean, this is when you need to play catch up, how are you going to catch up without the right people? And that's why you need immigration, right? And that's why immigration is something that you know, is here and it's going to be here and needs to be here. And, you know, hopefully the, the people who are coming in have those trade specialties that we need as a, as a country. But should we ask them to like Tim, should we not sit there and say, Hey, look at, you know what? Drywallers, electricians, plumbers, Canada's open for business. You know, it's like, like we hear, we hear Ontario's open for business. Well, how about we tell the, the new immigration or we turn around and say, listen, we'll give you an equivalency course right out of the gate. Like, you know, I, I, I get it. Everybody wants a nice certificate. They want to show up as a doctor. They want to show up as a lawyer. They want to show up with all this. But quite frankly, we need tradespeople. Well, look, Alberta's doing a great job advertising in Ontario to get people. <laughs> so, I mean, they're doing a fantastic job. I mean, there's not a place, you know, a radio station you can't turn on where you can't hear the Alberta, the Alberta government, you know, advertising how you can buy a home for cheaper and the cool, you know, uh, foodie scene and, yep. you well, know, my, and everything. My wife said that to me the other day. She goes, should we move? <laughs> well, at least or visit. Al Alberta sounds great. I mean, at least visit. Oh, you know I love I mean? it. I love it. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, look, I mean, I, I'm, I'm quite confident that many of the people who are coming have, you know, some form of trade, right? I don't think that people are coming here, all doctors and lawyers. Uh, but again, that's been happening throughout time where, you know, you see people who are doctors who are here and they're working in a, a restaurant because there's no equivalency test, as you said, right? So, I mean, there are opportunities for, you know, for us to really tap into these amazing people, right? And, and you know, great families and, and really empower them a lot quicker. 
instead of you know suppressing them and struggling right well, we, we know the system works i mean they we they, they, there was clearly a mandate for many many years to yeah. bring in you know yeah, professionals you know yes. uh doctors yeah. lawyers we, we know this so we know that the capability is there to kind of pick your poison or if yeah. you will right so i think in this case it's you know maybe shifting the dynamic and, and what you're looking for i think that might help yeah and as usual, Dave, you had the last breath on that one, and we're going to go to a quick break. But folks, when we come back, I've got more with Dave Butler and Tim Sirianos. And hey, if you missed our webinar, go to thesimpleinvestor.com. You can take a look at it, and we'll be right back after this. And welcome back. Here we are. We are in the final inning of the Real Estate Talk Triangle. My guest this hour, Dave Butler from BM Select, Tim Sirianos, and he is from Remax Ultimate. Guys, um, it's it's been a lot of fun today. And you know, just before just before we went to break, Dave, you did mention that you know the government did have an ability once upon a time to you know kind of curtail who they wanted to have immigrate into Canada. Um, you know, it's one of the things and, and, you know, all, all three of us being parents, you know, everybody likes the idea of, you know, oh, my son's going to be a doctor or my you know, daughter's going to be a lawyer. Um, the other day, I got to tell you, I was, I was taking my daughter to school and I said to her exactly that. I said, so, you know, what do you want to be? And I said, you know, maybe do you want, do you want to be a lawyer? And, and you know, she's young and, and she goes, well, yeah, she goes, but maybe I'm going to own a plumbing company or an electrician. I'm going to God bless you. You know, it's like, you know, when you, when you hear that and, and, and this is the one thing that I think that, you know, I, I think people need to recognize is that we are going to have a massive shortage of trades and trades are, can be a wonderful business and industry. Tim, you know, like you, you and I, as business owners, we need the tradespeople on a regular basis. We definitely do. And, um, you know, it's no, it's no, you know, doubt that when my parents came to Canada, you know, as new immigrants, they wanted a better life for their children. And the, the one thing they did pummel into our minds was you're going to become, you know, like a doctor, a lawyer, an accountant. So I just became a realtor. And, <laughs> you know, I think it worked out great for me, right? Um, but that is something that's definitely done. I do share the same sentiment as you. I have three daughters and I always tell them all the time, don't chase a degree. You know, wake up happy, you know, chase what you want to do that will make you happy. And I promise you that the doors will open and there's a lot of opportunities out there. Both my daughters so far that are in university, they're both, you know, not looking at those types of degrees. They're looking at things that deal with people, not yep. construction, right? Um, you know, it's, it's health and sciences that way, right? But it's, which is, is always needed. But I tell everybody, computers will never lift a drywall. Computers will never install, you know, a pipe. Yep. Uh, computers will never, you know, pull, you know, a wire and, and put a receptacle together. You know, these things always need it, and they are a shortage of them. I'm going to contradict you there because Elon Musk tunes <laughs> in just all the time, okay? And I know that he's going to build some robot that's going <laughs> to well, Look at Tim. You're wrong. I'm going to yeah. build a robot that's going to lift the drywall. I'm going to do this. <laughs> but we need it right now for 10 years to build 150, <laughs> 1.5 million units, okay? So. Come on, Elon. Get your, get your, get your stuff together. We're, we're not talking about what's going to happen in 30 years from now when we're all retired and, and people are trying to get us out of our house too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Is it, Dave, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, uh, unless Elon can figure out a way to uh, make these robots much quicker, I, I agree with you guys. I mean, uh, you know, we're, we're, we've talked about it on the show quite a bit. I mean, there just seems to be, you know, a, a, just a built-up shortage, you know, not only from our own children, you know, in the last, say, two decades, you know, they were being raised to want to be other things. And then you've got a lot of the people coming in, a lot of the immigrants coming in are 
of that same mentality of the past 20 years, but now they're feeling like, Hey, I've got into Canada now I can do it. Um, so yeah, I mean, I just, it's, it's, we talk about it all the time, but it just keeps going back to supply. I mean, you know, doctors are not building homes. It's just, they don't want to, and that's not their thing. Um, no, but I mean, they want a home built for them. Yeah, exactly. yeah. Well, there you go. And unless Elon <laughs> brings those robots around, but yeah, no, I think they're, you know, in a weird way, it almost needs to be, you know, not necessarily from housing people. It needs to be from the rest of the world from school boards from everything else you know really educating people on just how things can work and more importantly i wonder if we can go back into schooling and, and really look at ways to test children and find out their interests more and try to gear their career you know their education more to a career path that's more suited for them i know they say they do it these days but the reality is is they still you know make it look like being a doctor and a lawyer is the most extravagant thing and the way you want to live and you know sadly we've got social media you know focusing and, 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 and I, I want to say kind of prioritizing, you know, being able to be in the job that drives the Lambo and the, in the Ferrari. And I think, you know, uh, fundamentally we need a shift in that for these things to happen. Otherwise we just need to focus on bringing in more tradespeople from other countries, sadly. Yeah. And for, uh, unfortunately you, uh, the three of us don't have enough followers on Instagram to be stars and make money on it. <laughs> so, you know, we, we, we gotta, we gotta earn money the hard, the hard true. way. You know, one, very true. So, so one last point, uh, regarding the province this week. And again, I got to bring this up because, you know, they did want to turn around do a little bit of target uh, for growth. You know, they talked about uh, city of Brampton. They talk about Hamilton. And, you know, I, 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 again, you know, I like Steve Clark. I've had him on the show. I do want to caution some of this, you know, this mindset because the infrastructure in a lot of these places is not there. So, you know, saturating and, 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 and throwing, you know, the idea that we're going to build a hundred thousand homes in a marketplace like that. Um, you know, I don't know how many, you know, if, if you gentlemen have been driving around lately, but I got to tell you, you know, roads are getting pretty thick. We don't have the schools. We don't have, you know, we're, we're barely keeping up with the hospitals you know and you know it's great that we can sit there and say we're going to put all these roofs over everybody's head but there's what has to go with the roof and it doesn't matter like you know tim you were talking about your neighborhood yeah we're going to increase density but can your schools handle it can the can the sewers handle it you know can the uh, hospitals handle it and this is this is again like everybody goes look we look at density density is the right thing potentially to go but we don't have the rest of it in place well, as they want to uh, create more density, they, they, they also need to make sure the commercial, you know, side, you know, what you just said, the hospital, uh, a closer shopping mall, a closer like commercial kind of complex where people can have some walkability, some uh, a lifestyle choice, you know, in the way they live their life. Um, they can't just build houses, you know, so you have to remember these things too. You know, from what I'm um, gathering from my research and my watching tightly on the ground, uh, I believe that this um, this big push right now is going to be a big push, right? Like they're, you know, the, the transit lines, you know, they're always delayed, I get it, but they're really, they're really pushing to the, the, the create more. Um, you know, I know some developments that are happening right now or in process of being approved right now that are going to be built right over subways. So unfortunately, yes, these are all five, six, seven years out, but at least it's in the right direction, right? 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 Where people can live in a condo, but on the main floor or, or subservice there, they can do their shopping and everything else and walk around. The planning has to be very important. 
but I just do not want what's always been happening. And that is paralysis by analysis, right? We are in, you know, if we took the same path as Chicago did back, you know, when they did their waterfront, imagine where Toronto would be today. We would not be in this place. And this is where I'm I'm going to call on every single newly elected elected councillor and our current mayor, you know, to work together, to push these buttons faster. So, you know, his grandkids can enjoy it while they're still grandkids and not when they're grandparents. Nice. Nice, Dave. I like that one. You. Well, I, I, I gotta say, I mean, I'm sure you guys have noticed it too. And you guys are obviously the way you guys are talking is like, I, I think it's interesting. We still have people doing work from home, but yet I have never seen the highways this jammed up. I mean, and like getting to Toronto now from, you know, let's say Hamilton is an extra half an hour minimum, almost any other time other than midnight so i mean it, it's 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 you know you guys bring that up and it's an amazing point no one talks about that is that if you're gonna make these areas much more dense you know you still need all the commercial elements and then you need like you say the hospitals but the roads how are we getting to these places and of course with transit always seeming to come out with plans and then revamping the plans and then now pushing the plans back you know what are we doing here you know what i mean i i, I it's it's it we seem to have made a quite a big a mess here that we need to start to untangle and i think one of the first things obviously working on the supply issue but then you know how are we getting the people to start you know building more roads and building these this is this part scares me because i'm telling you going to toronto now is become a point where i just say to my wife i'm not even interested in going i i don't want to yeah so i'm thinking you know um tomorrow night uh halloween i think everybody can just you know either drive you know dress up as a politician or perhaps an <laughs> uber driver because that's gonna be pretty scary in the future <laughs> But um, listen, guys, uh, you know what? Always such a great time having you here. I greatly appreciate you joining me. Thank you. Um, Dave, Tim, you know what? Uh, you know what? This was so good. Let's let's try this again next month. What do you think? Done. Great idea. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, folks, uh, you know, unbelievable time. And, and as you can tell, we have a lot of fun with this. Tim Siriano, he is the broker owner of Remax Ultimate, former president at the Toronto Real Estate Board, as well as former director at Korea, Dave Butler. You always hear Dave. You know, he is the owner of BM Select, him and his crew. Um, you know, they joined us during the, the seminar, which was awesome. And uh, that's, that's a wrap. I do want to thank my producer, Omar, uh, in the control booth there. You, you know, Omar, you're looking pretty comfortable there. I got to tell you, looks like that you found a home. And, and of course, our home here being at the, uh, the Simple Investor, it's, it's awesome. So anyways, I want to thank everybody for tuning in this week as usual. You've made us the number one real estate talk show. We're going to keep trying to keep that uh, that reputation and of course i'll be back next sunday as usual i'm your host todd c slater you've been listening to simply real estate right here on news talk 1010 toronto